Hello there. Uh, welcome to Kentucky Sports Memories. I'm Gary Fogel. Glad you could join us. And today we are going to talk about a sort of a museum in a basement. That pretty much is what it is. Uh, let me back up a little bit. Last week we talked about um, Wes Unseld because Wes Unseld had passed away. And one of the people I talked to about Unseld was Lloyd Gardner. Many of you may remember Lloyd Gardner. He was an assistant coach for the Fairdale High School basketball team back when they won back-to-back state championships in the early 90s. And then right after that, he became the head coach, and he came back in 94 as the head coach as Fairdale won another state championship. So uh, he was involved in education and coaching good number of years. He's retired now. But also back in his early days, he was a trainer for the Kentucky Colonels, for the old ABA. And as you know, a trainer is a guy who looks at injuries, tapes ankles, uh, takes care of the minor bumps and bruises that players go through during the course of the season. Lloyd Gardner did that for the Kentucky Colonels. And if you're not familiar with the Colonels, I talked about them a little bit before, but they were a team in the old American Basketball Association. It was a rival league to the NBA. And the ABA existed from 1967 to 1976. And the Colonels were part of the league for those entire nine seasons. Now, uh, Lloyd wasn't the trainer for the Colonels that entire time, but he was with them uh, a good number of years. Uh, as, as I say, taping angles and uh, looking at sprained knees and all that, what have you, with uh, athletic injuries. So. Anyway, Lloyd's involvement with the Kentucky Colonels uh, still exists today because even though the team folded in 1976, if you were to go into the basement of Lloyd's home in Jefferson County, it's like a shrine to the Kentucky Colonels. He has old jerseys, warm-up jerseys, the pants, the jerseys. He has old game balls. He has scorebooks. He has photos. It's amazing what is in his basement. So anyway, Lloyd took me on a tour of his basement, his shrine to the Kentucky Colonel. So I thought you might like to listen in as he gives me a guided tour as to what he has. Gary, these are the jerseys that I have left when uh, the ABA folded. I was the only person that John Y. Brown kept. And read for you, you probably knew from running the fairgrounds, said, Lloyd, come by and get this stuff out of your storeroom or we're gonna throw it in the garbage. So I took the, I had bought the Colonel's van. I went over and I had all the uniforms in a big trunk. I put it and everything that was in the uh, souvenir stand in the back of my truck. I took it home and didn't realize it was worth anything until 1998. But the jerseys I have on the wall, the Colonel's had three colors. Uh, the original colors were black and green. And I have the number 44 original jersey of Cotton Nash. It was also the first jersey that Dan Issel ever put on as a Kentucky Colonels. With each one of these uniforms, I also have the trunks that go with it. Then we have the, then we went to, when Mike Storm came, we went to Royal Blue and White, which uh, that was Issel's rookie year. Uh, then in 1973-74, the year, we, I mean 74-75, the year we won the championship, uh, we put some red in the uniforms and uh, this red, white, and blue uniform, 44, 53, and 10. Uh, 10 in the blue and 10, 53. Those are all the jerseys worn during the championship years. Uh, these are the original benches uh, that came out of the locker room, two of five original benches, and uh, some warm-ups, 
uh, some secondary shirts. You notice in 75, 76, we had the logo with the ABA champs 1975 on it. Uh, some of the other things I have, these are the actual shoes that Dan is awarded the championship game. And it's the last year, actually, that last pair that Dan Issel ever wore because he got traded that summer to the Baltimore Claws and they folded and they went to the Denver Nuggets. So uh, that's some of the history of the uniforms. So it's, uh, I originally had 135 of them and this is the only ones I have left right here. But I, I bought the van and Red Forgy called and said, Lloyd, we're gonna throw this stuff away. I backed it up in 1976, in June of 76, took it to my dad's barn and put it in the loft. Did not know anything was worth anything till 1998 and a sports collector said, Lloyd, that stuff's gonna be worth money. Well, back then a Colonel's jersey was worth $100 maybe. Today, every single jersey in the ABA will start at $2,000. For instance, an Issel jersey that I sold for $320 recently went for $58,800 at auction. Gary, one of the, my favorite possessions as far as pictures go, and I have probably 500 pictures. I have a picture of Artis Gilmore in the Island Garden. Uh, he's blocking uh, Rick Berry's shot. And in the background is Dan Issel, uh, Louis Dampier, Les Hunter, and Ollie Taylor. And I have it autographed by four Hall of Famers, Artis, Dan, Louis, and Rick Berry. And then these other things are just team pictures and uh, I have pictures with Joe Mullaney, Artis, and Dan. Uh, one of my favorite pictures is Hubie Brown standing behind me looking down the floor. But uh, it was just a, uh, a great experience, and I'm so blessed for a young man that got cut from the basketball team in 1958. Uh, it just proves that unexpected terms are not dead ends. Gary, everybody accused me of being a pack rat. Well, these things are worth a lot of money today. Uh, ABA balls are worth about $2,500. And uh, my kids wasted a run two on the asphalt playing basketball outside before I realized they were worth anything. But the ball I'm holding, as soon as the game was over, I went and put this ball away and I saved it. And uh, I kept it and uh, kept it for myself. But this is the game ball the night that we won the championship, May the 22nd, 1975. These are the scorebooks, some of the scorebooks from the ABA that uh, Charlie Reuter, our official scorer, gave me years ago. And... Uh, uh, the one that we're looking at right here is the championship game, May the 22nd, 1975, Game 5 at Freedom Hall. The Kentucky Colonels were led by Artis Gilmore. He had 28 points and over 30 rebounds. Gary, one of the things I have that I really cherish is uh, when Hubie Brown came in 74-75, first thing he did, he had a playbook. It had all the team rules in it, first time I'd ever been exposed to team rules. And you had to have your playbook with you at all times or you were fined. And this happens to be Artis Gilmore's playbook uh, that he left in his locker when I cleaned out the locker room the, uh, at the end of the season. So uh, one of the great pieces. Also, I have original contracts, and I was like a clubhouse lawyer. I knew the players' contracts better than they did. Uh, I remember one day Daryl Carrier was playing out his option. It was first week of practice. And Dan Issel said, Darrell, what do you mean play out your, what are you, when are you going to sign? He said, I'm not, I'm going to play out my option. Well, back then you taped ankles in the locker room. You heard everything the players said. And uh, he said, what is playing out your option? 
There wasn't a single player that knew what it meant. I stopped taping. I stood up. I said, fellas, if you play out your option, you play for 90% of your salary the previous year, and you're not covered by insurance. Well, Daryl Carrier was injured, so he went and signed his contract the next day so he would have some insurance. Have any of them ever contacted you and said, like like Issel, for example, and said, you've got my championship shoes. I'd like, I'd like to have those back. I've, I've answered that question before, Gary. I say, you got a pension? I didn't get anything. That's my pension. I was smart enough to keep it. So they really never asked me for it. Can you believe that? Lloyd Gardner was the trainer for the Colonels in 1976 when the Colonels and the ABA folded and the head of the fairgrounds, the Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center, was going to throw all their stuff away, their uniforms, their jerseys, um, their old game shoes, all that stuff that Lloyd talked about. And he took the van in there, loaded it all up, kept it, and found out years later that it was worth a small fortune. I know you couldn't see what he was talking about, but just by how well he described it, you could picture in your mind's eye all the memorabilia he has in his basement, and he has it hanging and on this trophy displays and things of that nature sorted out throughout his basement, where if you walked in there, again, it's just like a museum. Later on, I'll be doing more on the ABA, and just so you know, they had many, many great players when they started out, obviously. They were struggling to get some superstars because all the superstars went to the NBA, but by the time the league folded in 1976, and they just folded because they had financial problems, but they had a lot of great players, uh, just about half, if not more than half, I'd have to go and look it up to be exact, but right at half or not more than half of the All-Stars in the NBA the year after the ABA folded were former ABA players. So they had a number of superstars. Dan Essel, who uh, graduated from the University of Kentucky, played for the Colonels and played his entire career in the ABA up until it folded. And then he went into the NBA. Louis Dampier, who played for the Colonels, played uh, all his best years in the ABA. Uh, Julius Dr. J. Irving started out in the ABA. George the Iceman Gervin started out in the ABA. Uh, there's just a whole list of players really outstanding players who played in the ABA. So it was a very strong league. It was probably, obviously, weak uh, compared to the NBA when it began, but uh, by the time it folded, it was a rival league to the NBA, which is why the NBA wanted it to um, merge, because they knew that the ABA had a lot of talented players. So anyway, my thanks to Lloyd Gardner and his time he has given me. His uh, basement is just a shrine to the Kentucky Colonels. It isn't very impressive. That'll do it for the show this week. I thank you for joining me. And as always, I love your comments. If you have story ideas, things you think I should be talking about, please reach out to me. You can find my contact information on my website, which is KentuckySportsMemories.com. That's KentuckySportsMemories.com. Go there, find my contact information, reach out to me, and tell me about stories that you think I should be covering. Until then, I'll be back next week with another show. I hope you'll tune in for that. I'm Gary Fogle, and this is Kentucky Sports Memories. Music